And then I help you, at least I pray that I help you to comprehend what it is that God wants you to receive. <clears throat> Excuse me. We read the passage from the first chapter of Luke, verse 26 through 38. Angel Gabriel was sent to this young girl, a virgin, <coughs> who was betrothed. And that, that means like engaged, but like married. But no relations between the husband and wife. And this virgin's name was Mary. And the angel told her to rejoice because she was highly favored. She was the one that God had chosen to bring Messiah into the world. And she was afraid. I think any of us would be. If a messenger of God came directly to us and told us that he had chosen us for a purpose and he was going to use us in a great and mighty way, but it was going to mean trouble for us. Mary was a young girl. She knew that being pregnant was not going to be a good thing for her. She knew that she had not had any relations with her husband, her betrothed. But here's this young girl, and what does she say? Does she run? Does she say, no, I can't do this? It would be too much trouble for me? No. No, when she learned that this one that she was going to give birth to would receive the throne of his father, David, she said, how can this be? I haven't known a man. And the angel told her the Holy Spirit would come upon her. And she would bear this one who would be called the Son of God. The Son of God. Mary said to the angel, Let it be. Let it be. As you say. She didn't run from the idea. And sometimes I wonder, maybe I should have brought the mic with me because... We're trying to record for other people. And I was supposed to have this in my care. I apologize for that. I hope that the people who are receiving this just caught some of it, because I don't think that's going to record otherwise. The angel told her that Elizabeth, her cousin, who was barren, an old woman, was also going to be giving birth. Mary said, let it be unto me, as you say. She went to visit her cousin Elizabeth in the city of Judah. She entered the house of Zacharias. He was a priest. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby in her womb leapt. And she was filled with the Holy Spirit. And we can get from that, that at that moment... John, whom we know as the Baptist, John the Baptizer, he also became filled with the Holy Spirit, being in his mother's womb. And Elizabeth cried out this greeting, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why, she wanted to know, why is this granted to me? That the mother of my Lord should come to me. But she humbled herself. She said, I'm nobody. Why would you come and see me? And blessed is she who believed. For 
For there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. These women knew. And I received lots of information from a lot of people daily. Emails, text messages, messenger messages. And I think of this message that came to these women at that time. It wasn't an instant message. And yet it came as quickly as possible as the Lord sent his messenger to speak to them. Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. Again, you hear her humbling herself to God. Use me as you see fit. We look back at the birth of the one we call Jesus, Yahashua. This one who came to save the world from their sins that all of us. Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. When we look back and we see this, we know that it is for our learning. But the scripture doesn't tell us to do a lot of the things that we do this time of year. It doesn't instruct us to celebrate the way that we celebrate. It doesn't tell us not to remember. And we have to wonder, at least I do, are we getting it right? Because at that time, in that place, the majority of the people had it wrong. They had it all wrong. They missed the first coming of the Messiah. They didn't believe him to be the Messiah, even though it was pronounced, even though it was proclaimed, even though these women knew this angel had delivered this message. And we hear his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. The question there becomes for us, are we really fearing the Lord? Are we really fearing the Lord? Or are we so caught up in everything of this world that we forget to give him the reverence that he demands? His word tells us to fear him. This message goes on to say, he shattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts and put down the mighty from their thrones, exalted the lowly. And there we see Mary. This lowly child, likely a young teenager, who had submitted herself to God. How many of us would willingly submit like Mary and Elizabeth to Almighty God? When we look at this account, there is a lesson there for us. Say yes to God. When He gives you a task, regardless of how difficult it might be, no matter what it looks like to you, no matter what the outcome might be in your life, know that it's what he wants for you. Mary remained with Elizabeth until she delivered. And then that passage of text ends. And my fingers aren't letting me do it. There we go. Then we went to Matthew's gospel record. You see, in order to get the story in chronological order, we must look at different passages of text. The birth was as follows. She was found to be 
with child of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, when he found out, he wanted to put her away. He wanted to make a divorce, we would call it. But it was different than a divorce. He would have written her a certificate and he'd have put her away. But he wanted to put her away privately because he didn't want her to be embarrassed. He didn't know. I don't know about you guys, but if my bride comes up pregnant and we hadn't had nothing to do with that, it might be hard to say, okay, let's stick this out. And how about you, ladies? If God gave you a child, do you know how difficult that would be for you to explain to the people around you? To explain to your betrothed, to your husband-to-be? And Joseph wanted to put her away, but he wanted to do it secretly. He wasn't going to embarrass her. He wasn't going to shame her because at that time, in that area of the world, she could have been stoned to death for that. She could have been killed as a punishment for unfaithfulness. <clears throat> then we hear the angel. Did you pick that up throughout the service tonight? The angels that we sing about? The angels who brought the message? The angels, these messengers of God? An angel comes to Joseph in his dream and he says, Joseph, don't be afraid to take to you Mary as your wife. That which is conceived of her is of the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know about you guys, but that's a tough one there. And Joseph, being a just man, remember we just read that. He accepted that this one, who would be called Yahashua, we call him Jesus, and there's lots of reasons for that. His name was Yahashua. He would save his people from their sins. You talk about a big calling on someone's life. And this was all done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Joseph woke up, and he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. And he took his wife, Mary... And they didn't consummate their marriage till after the child was born. And then it came to pass, we learned in Luke chapter 2, that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census would take place and everybody had to go to their own city. Now Joseph being from that region, he came out of the city of Nazareth, he went into Judea, city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So now he goes into this town of Bethlehem. And while they were there, they didn't just show up that night and she gave birth. While they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. We were talking about this last night in our Wednesday evening service, our prayer meeting, prayer and discussion. She was pregnant. While they were there, they were probably visiting with relatives. They weren't in a barn like we've been told or like it's been depicted. They were with relatives. And the bottom floor of the house is where the relatives would have kept the animals. 
The upper floor of the house would have been the main area where everybody would have stayed. And they may have had a guest room either next to the main room or above on the roof. And there was no room, no space in that guest room, what has been translated in. I've done a lot of research on this. Maybe not getting all the details, but that's about as close as I can recall. The inn was the spare room. It was the guest room. It was the guest quarters. So as people of truth who follow the one who was the truth, we must be prepared to share the truth, to search for the truth. Don't take it from me. I want you to look it up for yourself. And there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields. Do you know when the shepherds would have been there? Most likely August, September, maybe October. Because the harvest would have been completed by the second week or so of August. The shepherds would have come in after the gleaners. The gleaners were the people that were given access to the fields to pick what was left after the harvest. And then the shepherds would come in with the sheep to clean up the fields and to fertilize them. And then the farmers, the the harvesters would come back in and till the fertilizer into the soil. But while they were there, an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. Now, I don't know about you folks, but if I'm out in a dark field somewhere and things light up and somebody shows up, I think I'm going to have a little bit of concern like these guys did. They were afraid. In fact, the scripture tells us they were greatly afraid. The angel said, don't be afraid. Because I'm bringing you good tidings of great joy. And this is for all people, not just for them. Because there's born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now these guys didn't miss it. And here's another point. They weren't old guys. Most likely they were young people. Maybe even children. Because those were the ones that got the shepherd jobs. Remember David was a ruddy-faced boy whenever he was in the fields. Whenever his brothers were out on the battlefield. When he went and then eventually killed Goliath. He was a boy. He was a young teenager. Maybe a teenager. weren't old guys. It's not likely anyway. He says, don't be afraid. The angel tells them, don't be afraid. Told them how, it, how they would find this baby. Swaddling cloths, laying in a manger. The manger would have been a trough in the lower level of the relative's house where they were staying. And suddenly then, there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine a multitude the sky lights up and all you're hearing is praises to God? That's hard for us to imagine in this time that we live in. We've never seen any such a thing. But here the scripture relates that that's what happened. As we went on in the second chapter of Luke, 
The angels went away into heaven. And the shepherds said, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's find this thing that has come to pass that the Lord has made known to us. So then they went as quickly as they possibly could. They found Mary and Joseph. They found the baby. And all they could do was tell everyone what the angels had told them and what they saw. They went out and proclaimed it to everyone. Widely, it says, they made widely known the same which was told them concerning this child. And all who heard it marveled. Marveled. But Mary, she kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. She reflected upon them. The shepherds returned to the fields glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. They were rejoicing. And then he circumcised the child. He received his name. And when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem, presented him to the Lord. He was dedicated. You see, we dedicate children. There are those who ask us to baptize children. We don't baptize children. We dedicate them to the Lord. This is a scriptural practice. <coughs> And then there's some scriptures that are quoted that show that this is what was, in fact, the custom at the time. So I'm going through these passages of scripture the other day and I'm thinking, well, I'll take some notes and that'll help me remember what I want to say. And Chris and I were talking about it in the car and I got a, what was it, a messenger message or a text message? Somebody sent me a message with a psalm. Just a passage of a psalm that said, Open your mouth and I will put the words in it. And I said, Praise the Lord. Forget the notes. I'm not good without notes. I prefer to stick to the notes. But God said, No. Just open your mouth and I'll put the words in. And so as we go on in Luke's Gospel... We hear that this man named Simeon was just, he was devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. So we see the Holy Spirit was active before the Holy Spirit fell upon the disciples on the day of what is called Pentecost. We know that the Holy Spirit reigns in the body of Christ, in the church, in the people of God. And sometimes we're afraid of the Holy Spirit. Like these people were afraid of the angel that came and, and spoke to them and gave them the messages that were delivered. We don't need to fear the Holy Spirit. We need to allow Him to reign in us. Remember, it was Christ Himself who said, the kingdom of God is within you. He also said that we will come and make our home with you. So now this Simeon came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the, 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 the Christ child, he took him up in his arms. He blessed God. He says, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. It was the end of his life. And he was pleased that God had answered that prophecy. That he had received. 
He says, my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared before the face of all peoples. Now think about that. He saw a child. And in that child, he saw the salvation of God coming to humankind. Lord, you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. A light to bring revelation to the Gentiles. Do you know that's us? If we're not of Hebrew lineage, we're not of the Jewish lineage, the tribe of Judah, we're Gentiles. And this light has come unto us. And this is one of the reasons I think that we look back at this birth, because without that birth, we would be lost in our sins. Joseph and his mother marveled at those things that were spoken about this child. Could you imagine? We've got some young ones running around here tonight. What if the Lord said, this one is the one? When I think of children and all the children, the millions upon millions of children that have been taken out of this world before they had a chance to be in it. And I wonder how many that Almighty God had prepared great things for were removed before they had an opportunity to take care of those things, to do those things, to live those lives that Almighty God had prepared for them. Behold, this child's destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. The thoughts of the heart would be revealed. Do we think for a moment that Almighty God doesn't know our heart? Of course He does. And then Hannah the prophetess. We hear of this Hannah. An elderly woman. And here she was. Long time widow. And she never departed from the temple. She fasted and she prayed. And there we see faithfulness. Faithfulness to the Lord. Faithfulness. How many people today are willing to fast and pray at all, much less continually. She served God with fastings and prayers night and day. Oh, that God would raise up Annas today, that we would have God-fearing people who would serve God with fastings and prayers. She gave thanks to the Lord, spoke of this child to all those who look for redemption. Excuse me, she spoke of the Lord to all those who look for redemption in Jerusalem. How many of us are speaking of the Lord? How many of us are sharing the redemption of God? That's why we sang that fifth verse of Silent Night. Many of you probably Maybe you have not heard of it. That fifth verse that says, Redemption for all the world. That's the message of the gospel. 
after Jesus, this one we call Jesus, was born, in the days of Herod the king, then we hear that the wise men came after he was born. Herod was troubled. He tried to trick the wise men to tell him where this child was. And he learned from them that the star came about two years previously. And so in that little detail, we can hear we can hear that the wise men were not there on the night that Christ came into the world. And then we hear of another angel. After these wise men found the child with Mary, young child, doesn't say baby, with Mary his mother, he fell down and worshipped. They fell down and worshipped him. When they opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him. Now we don't know how many wise men there were. Typically they're predicted or they're depicted as being three because there's three gifts, but we don't know that. Being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. That made Herod angry. Angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Again, here the angels, the messengers of God. How many times has God sent a messenger to you? And have you accepted the message? It would have been easy for me, for example, to just go on forward with my notes. I'd be standing in the pulpit right now and I'd be reading from my notes and telling you whatever it was that I thought I was to deliver the message that I had thought in my heart to prepare was, are you ready? Are you ready? And that's the title. Are you ready? Because the people at that time were not ready. Largely, the people were not ready. They had the scriptures that foretold the Messiah's coming, but they were not ready. They did not receive him well. When he began his ministry, the last three and a half years of his life, he was ridiculed. Oh, he had lots of people that came alongside of him. Lots of people that wanted to hear what he had to say. Lots of people that wanted to see the miracles. Lots of people that wanted to hear the things that were happening, to see these changes in people. Lots of people that wanted to get some of that free bread and fish. But Joseph, by this time, being a just man, not having put away his wife, having listened to the messenger of God, another messenger comes to him and says, take the child, flee to Egypt, go now. They got up, they went to Egypt. And that fulfilled a scripture that was written, out of Egypt I called my son. Thus it is written. And Herod, when he saw that he was deceived, he was exceedingly angry, and he killed all the babies that were two years old, the male babies that were two years old and under. Can you imagine? It tells us there was great mourning. They were wailing, wailing over the loss of life because this maniac king 
couldn't stand the thought that maybe somehow he'd be deposed by this child when he grew. He wanted him dead. And all through that child's life, we see example after example, of at least the records that we have, of people wanting him dead. But after Herod died, another angel, or an angel, maybe it's the same angel, it might have been Gabriel, we don't know, but a messenger of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph. How many of us pay attention to dreams when God speaks to us in those dreams? There are those who tell me, oh, God doesn't speak to people in dreams anymore, Pastor John. Oh, no, John, you've got it wrong. God doesn't speak to people like that anymore. God doesn't speak to people anymore. I've been told that to my face. So I don't know. I have a relationship with God. His Spirit, that still small voice within me, speaks to me. And when He tells me to proclaim something, I proclaim it. When He tells me to do something, I can't say 100% that I always do, and I regret when I don't. It's usually a small thing. Oh, that's not the Lord. He wouldn't tell me that. He wouldn't say that. That's not His will, right? But if you listen, and that's where we go back to Anna, the prophetess, fasting and praying. You see, fasting is a spiritual discipline that will strengthen your ability to hear from the Lord Himself. He will speak to you. If, in fact, He is in you, the Word tells us that He's in us. He's among us. Now, there's times whenever I've looked out over a crowd of people. I remember a funeral that I did a few years ago, probably ten years ago now. I looked out in the crowd and it was kind of like this. It wasn't real lit up, but there was one face that was shining out of the crowd at me. And I wondered why do I see this face like it's lit up? This woman's face was lit up in comparison to everybody else. And after the service, the woman came up to me. I preached the gospel. I didn't know anybody there. Didn't even know the deceased. This woman came up to me and she said, you told them exactly what they needed to hear. Gave me confirmation. God spoke through me in presenting the gospel. God can use you too. He used Mary, this young woman. He used Joseph, this older man. He used all of these people that we could call characters in the story. These are real accounts. These aren't just stories. This really happened. And as we look at the biblical narrative of events that took place in this one's life, this one we call Jesus, Yahashua, when we look at his life, we see that the people were not prepared. And that is my greatest concern for the church today. Because that one we call Jesus, he said he's coming back. Now in this country, we've lived in relative ease and comfort. Most of our lives, we haven't seen any tribulation or persecution in this land. But I'm thinking maybe that's starting to change. That maybe we're going to see what some of the brothers and sisters that we have all over the world are already seeing and have been for a long time. Our faith is not being accepted as widely as it once was. 
And there are those who say that the numbers of Christians are growing rapidly. And in many places in the world they are. But there's a decline in comprehension of God's word. There's a decline in true spirituality. There's a decline in people accepting God's will for their lives. If it inconveniences them or if it's uncomfortable. Because we've grown to expect comfort. We've grown to expect convenience. After all, God loves us. He's not going to make us do something difficult, right? God called Chris and I out of a job that had us comfortable into a pulpit that was very uncomfortable. When I finally quit running from God, when I finally, like Mary, said, let it be unto your servant what you want it to be. Chris had a lot of trouble with that. And I'm not picking on her. She, she knows. We've talked about this. She had a lot of trouble with it. It was difficult to go from comfort to extreme discomfort. Do you think it wasn't difficult for Mary? Do you think it wasn't difficult for Joseph? We talked about this in one of the messages. You think of the wagging tongues. You think of all the people that would have belittled them and talked down them and and we hear where the scripture says, isn't this that Jesus guy, you know, stabs Joseph the carpenter, mother? There's allusions to the fact that there was gossip on these people because it was difficult for them. And maybe we need to come out of our comfort zones, folks. Maybe we need to step beyond what we've been taught. Maybe we need to step beyond just looking back at the first coming. Because we know that happened. We know that he came. We know that he did what the scripture tells us he did. And we also know that he said he's coming back. This would be the last night in the church season of Advent. Where the church historically prepared for the second coming of Christ. In the first 300 years or so of the church, nobody celebrated the birth of this child. The scriptures did exist. People knew the truth of the scriptures. But nobody celebrated. 